Welcome, everyone, to another week with your hosts, Mordechai Weinberger and Harav Nissen. What an honor and what a schuss to be here once again. We always have three little requests. First request is that we make sure the questions are family appropriate because we have children ages eight and above listening. Second request is to recognize that this is an awareness-based program, means a how-to program. So it's not a how-to, it's an awareness. So if someone asks, how do you do something, how do we get there, it's usually difficult to describe or to explain. So our program is for awareness and therefore questions under the age of eight, kids' parenting questions under the age of eight, we don't address. The third little request that we have is to be aware that we're all adults asking questions, and once you ask the question, it will not be removed. So just be aware of that, and with the greatest of pleasures, we look forward to having your questions and your comments. And we thank everyone that calls up each and every week because the awareness and the changes that are happening in Kleinsville by each and every caller is monumental. So thank you all for being part of this amazing movement. The number to call up to ask your question is 718 683 5858. 718 683-5858. And just before we go to our first caller, I would just like to remind everyone that there's three days left to sign up to the workshop for the family members of personality disorder. I appreciate and I thank everyone that has signed up. And Baruch Hashem, it's been beautiful both for the English workshop and for the Yiddish workshop. And Baruch Hashem, while the lines can hold thousands of people, there's only a certain amount of people that will be able to, let's say, listen to the information, but then also ask their questions and address that. So, Baruch Hashem, we're filling up nicely into the number that I could still give each one, let's say, the individual attention of taking your questions. So if you have in mind to set up this three, to sign up, three days left, so please do so quickly. That number is 201-691-7626, 201 and as of now, we are going to start our regular program. So we're going to start with Mrs. G. And again, the numbers to call up to please ask your question is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. Me and Harav Nissen are looking forward to taking your callers. All right, Mrs. G. Yeah, hi, good evening. Good evening. Um, first of all, thank you so much for your program. And I actually wanted sure. to to tell you something that I learned from it, and I want to ask you a question, but first I want to tell you, I learned a lot, so I can really keep you, you know, a long time with that. But one of the things that I learned that I think many can learn from is that I think it was maybe two years ago that somebody called in that she has a friend that's going over the, uh, that's going over the dirch, and, like, what she should do is she should, like, talk to her, and you asked her, like, which role do you want to play here? You want to be the therapist, you want to be the mentor, you want to be the Revitson, what do you want to be? You don't have to be all. You have to decide which role you want to be. And I, I, I found that that piece of information really helped me in a lot of aspects of my life. Wow. And I shared it with many as well. Thank you. That's very, very true. That really is such an important role that people don't realize that when we want to help someone, there could be five or six roles, and sometimes we can take one role, sometimes we can even do two roles. But generally, we're not able to do more than that, and those that aren't experienced aren't aware of that. And those, right, that's why, as I say many times as a therapist, I like the Askanim that are involved. They do a lot of the jobs that we're not able to do as therapists or that we don't even want to do. So, right, right it's all about knowing our part. Thank you for sharing that. Thanks to you. I have a question regarding my daughter. She's a five-year-old, and you'll tell me if you'll be able to answer the question even though she's under... The, the age of eight. All right. She's a very she's a very deep child, and she internalizes things uh, um, at a certain level. I'll give you an example. They learned about Yoina with the with the boat. Mm-hmm. So she was telling me the story, and then she tells me that, um, and then she started like t- like saying to herself that um, what happens if she if she's going to be on a boat? Like she's like talking to herself, and she asked me like, "You think they're going to throw me down?" So I looked at her and I told her that really that's the only time that I really heard that story that it happened was like years ago from Yoina. I never heard the story since. Like it's not an everyday happening. And then she was quiet. And a few minutes later I asked her, like, tell me why when you hear such, such a story, why do you like think it can, like it has to do with you or it can have to do with you? So she tells me, 
Really, she knows that not, but something in her stomach tells her that it might happen. So my question is, how, as a mother, how should I respond to, to, to such a, um, um, to her comment? I am going to say what I'm going to say. This is a question under the age of eight, and it's really, this is the most normal thing to happen. And I feel if you're going to have this question, you're going to have other questions like that. And it's about just getting comfortable with five-year-olds and with their issues and with But I have other, I mean, my, my, I have older kids and that, and I didn't really find such a question. My, 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 my question is really why she associates it with, you know, with herself. Like you can hear a story in school, why does she think about herself as, you know, part of the story? So I'll share with you my issue. My issue is that kids do that depending if they're a more sensitive type nature. And the more you're thinking about it and the more you're worried about it is that could escalate. So I don't want to say it's nothing, but I don't want to say it's something. I just feel that you're asking me a how-to and what-to question. So it's just like when someone calls me up, I have a friend that this and this is going on by them, I can't answer you because I don't know what's going on with your five-year-old. So I can't answer that question. Now, please, I, I wish parents would understand. When I don't take questions, it's not because I don't want to. Okay, I just thought that sometimes, like, if, if it's something that, no, this you know, it's better to do. Could. I don't know what to tell you. Uh-huh. It could be. It, not it could be. It is very age-appropriate. Okay. And on the other hand, it could be that maybe she thinks about others. It could be a thousand things when you're talking about children. I would love to tell you it's age-appropriate and it's great, but that's why I don't want to deal with five-year-olds, because it could also be maybe not. I understand. It could also be why you're even asking the question. Why, when a kid says that, go, why are you thinking about that? Uh-huh. Okay. I appreciate no, it. No, Thank you. I just you. want you to realize it is under the age of eight has to do with a lot of guidance. And then following up, did you say this? Did you say that's again why I say where parenting workshop is needed, where you can follow up week after week, ask your question, and then you build one on the next. So I believe your question should be addressed. I don't think that it, doesn't, it shouldn't be addressed. I just think that this is not the right place where it can be addressed. And let me ask you, uh-huh. I, I you. understand, but let me ask you. I this would need be... to ask you questions about your kid. Is your kid always that thoughtful? Is it not? And the minute I'm going to address your question, I'm going to get 10 more questions when that's not the awareness that I want to start doing. Not a problem. 90% we're going to tell you it's age appropriate, but once we're going to start doing that, I'm going to start getting into questions under the age of eight. Okay. So therefore, I'll tell you, it makes a lot of sense what you're saying to be age-appropriate. It makes a lot of sense that she is a thoughtful kid. But then the next question is, so what do we do when she has that stuff in her stomach? Like, that's, again, skills-based. Okay. Thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. I appreciate you calling. I really appreciate your compliment. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Absolutely. Certainly, yes. And the number to call up is 718 Eight three five eight five eight seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight, and we are looking forward to getting a couple of callers' questions. Feel free to ask your question again. Seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. Reminiscent. What is the text number for those who'd like to send a three, text message okay. just till three, we get three four seven three so three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight. Well, uh, last week we had the only men show, you know, that's, and yeah. now it's like uh, everybody just uh, sleeping. Yeah, silent. That's okay. So till we get the caller or the text, I'd like to clarify a little with this last caller because she's really asking a very good question. It's a five-year-old, and very likely I would say this is normal. And you just tell the kid it's okay, and you just move on because that's really what kids do. And even though she has shared that her other kids aren't that way, you have a kid that's a more thoughtful process, more thoughtful kid, which now comes to the next question. How much do you ask a kid when they're imagining stuff? Why is it going on? How long is it? How much of our questions are now going to be creating the worry? Oh, when she, had a good, when she has a good day, you don't ask why did you have a good day and how many parts it was a good day, but the minute they say something negative, now you start developing that. And you start asking more about that's called negative attention. If you give negative attention, means you give attention either to positive or to negative. If you start, oh, now you're getting worried. Now you get concerned. Now you start heightening it. And now these kids start thinking more about it versus a question. Like when a kid asks you, why are you so happy, mommy? Oh, I had a good day today. Very good. You don't understand why you're asking, what changed. So it's 
again, when we're dealing with kids, there's a lot there that that there's a lot to talk about. You know, uh, Mordechai, you know, I had, I had a story yeah. from uh, another educator from Rabbi Barzillai about it. And mm-hmm. the imagination of kids, it's, it's, he said that it was a girl, the mother approached him and asked, told him that a daughter doesn't refuse to sing some song of uh, uh, Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Fried, Rabbi Fried mm-hmm. uh, about the Bet HaMikdash. And she mm-hmm. translated basically the, the sheet, transferred the, the wording. Instead, the mati, my my tear, my mommy, you know, mm-hmm. and the girl, the girl was very furious, you know, about it. You know, I'm not going to give my mommy for the building of the Beta Migdash, you know. Yeah. And th- this is what happened with many many kids uh, with imagination. It's very creative uh, kids as the only world. And this is when they're growing up, they're they're connected between reality and imagination. Yeah. It's very normal. Okay. So the number to call up, those that would like, is 718-683-5858, And if you want to send a text message till we get the callers, is 347-927-8398. 347-927-8398. Yeah. So, Avnissan, we're, I'm starting, we're doing this workshop starting this Thursday for, you know, the family members of personality disorders. It is interesting how many questions I'm getting, but also a lot of positive messages that people that have heard about, let's say, just from this program and from other programs, about the importance of when we change, things change. So I had a person call up, or well, not call up, really send me a text message that I addressed my daily questions and answers, and you would so get it, which is how would it change if parents, let's say, take my workshop, but let's not focus on my workshop, if parents, let's say, learn how to deal with the personality disorder after their children are married. So they said they didn't tell me if it's a son or a daughter, but they have a child that is married, and their, their spouse, so let's say it's a husband, and the wife is an enabler, so she gives in to their son. How would things change if the parents take the workshop? And what I explained to them was that just by parents changing might not change the children or the son or the son-in-law or the, or the daughter or daughter-in-law right away. But what does happen is when it's just one example, let's say when it comes to a simcha, and this personality sort of starts saying, I'm not coming if you're inviting this brother or sister or this brother-in-law or this sister-in-law. Like, I'm your child. That's only a, a sister-in-law. They shouldn't come because they won't hurt my feelings. Or if you're inviting this cousin or this uncle. And when you have the knowledge and the skill to go, no, this is the healthy thing to do. This is the right thing, Lefidas Taira, to do. And if you have an issue, then you can go for help. You're invited to come, but they're also invited to come. If you choose not to come, that's now your choice. And what's happening, when you start learning to set healthy boundaries, when you start um, learning to be clear, when you're not afraid of their emotional responses, tremendous amount of changes happen in their life. And this is one of the big, big focuses and points that we want to recognize, that if a parent takes the workshop or starts the therapy process, it might not change their children over the next six months the one with the personality disorder, might even take a year or two. But what will happen is once you start having parents healthier and not giving in, you start having now the parents teaching their other kids, you've got to do healthy and be healthy and set the right boundaries and do things that are normal. And you're allowed to be who you are. You're allowed to make mistakes. You're allowed to be strong. You're allowed to do each of those roles. Once they're able to and start setting that beacon of light, start being that antenna, that goal, that's when we start seeing changes in the long run. Just literally a couple of minutes before the workshop that someone told me that once their siblings started going for therapy and they got more assertive, now, now their family member, let's say the husband or the wife, their brother-in-law, sister-in-law, was pushed, was sort of forced to go to therapy and got a real diagnosis. Everything changes once one family, when one family member changes, one family grows, 
and we see the whole difference between the two. Um, let's go ahead to Mrs. K. Hervnison. Yes, hello. Hello. Yes. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Oh. Loud and clear. Now you can just continue okay, talking. Okay, I hear you very distant. Okay. Hello. Okay. Um, first of all, um, I want to express my gratitude for the workshop that you're doing now. Um, I'm very excited about it, and I hope it's going to be, you know, as wonderful as all the other workshops that I did. Amen. I hope so, and I don't for for that. Amen. Um, I want to ask you, is this workshop good for people who have had difficult past, even if it wasn't a borderline parent, let's say they had different issues? So I'll tell you, I am debating if I should do the next time I do this workshop, next year, if I will not focus on a personality disorder and just title it to get a lot more people and let's say tone down a little bit of the energy and call it when you're dealing with difficult people. So it's sort of going to be how to deal with difficult people or how to remain in peace while dealing with difficult people. I was thinking about changing it because there's a tremendous amount of people that are not taking the workshop or those that are afraid because I am dealing directly with personality disorders. And there are many people that are telling me that they would like to take it because they have one or two people that are manipulating them. Will this help them? And the answer is yes, it really will help for a manipulator because unfortunately those that have a personality disorder due to their pain, they are the master manipulators. They are like the king or queen of causing pain but, or control or pity on them that you can't live your life, but not because they're bad, just because they're in pain. So I was thinking, just like the first time I did the workshop, we called it anxiety to serenity, and then people were telling, then people were saying, but they don't have anxiety. So they didn't take the workshop, and instead we changed it. For example, and there were a lot of people that did have perfectionist thinking, a lot of people that did have a pressure of thinking, a lot of people that had pressure of what other people would look at them or think about them, which were all the signs that then develop into anxiety. So therefore, we changed the title from stress to inner peace. Who doesn't have stress? Who doesn't have issues going on in their life? But when you start learning the skills, how to change the stress or how to deal with the stress before it develops into anxiety, or if whoever does already have anxiety, it will benefit them. I was thinking, I was discussing it with my manager about a couple of days ago, that probably next year when we do this workshop, we're going to tone down the focus of personality disorders and focus on anyone in a manipulative relationship or anyone in a relationship where you're feeling bad having an opinion, you're afraid to make mistakes, things along those lines. So it could be at work, it can be with relatives, it could even be with friends. It's going to be the same. You say this, and for those that have taken it, we'll be able to have it. You know, we'll be able to get the same information, but the focus will be less of personality disorders and more on an unhealthy individual and where you need to recognize your issues that why you're allowing yourself or why you're stuck in that level. Okay, well, so I'm does glad that make to hear sense? that. Um, now that you're mentioning the stressed inner peace, I took that, I took that workshop, and I definitely wouldn't say I'm a person that suffers from anxiety, and I still felt I gained so much. That's right. Exactly. And I, I want to know, I, I feel like a lot of things well. that you mentioned... In other words, I feel that this workshop is for those that are, let's say, called Gitanishamas, people that are caring about others, people that interact with others, and others that might be either more manipulative or in pain, or others that are just very confident about themselves, that those people will also benefit if they take the workshop. However, I haven't toned it down yet. means what I find with people is like when I've done the stress to inner peace, it took me several hours or maybe 15 hours of changing the workshop, changing the information, because I need to now change the structure. I need to change. There's just a lot. When you change one step, it's not like, oh, I'll just change a couple of words. It's got a flow. And when I wrote this workshop, it was the flow for personality disorders. So uh -huh. if someone is listening, and if they are dealing with difficult people or a relationship, because I've gotten several questions saying, my parent, my brother, my sister was never diagnosed with a personality disorder. Can I still take it? The answer is, of course, 
it's it'll be easier for you if they're not diagnosed if anyone that's dealing with a manipulative relationship this will be the power this will be the information that you learn right so i okay. i really appreciate your question okay Mordechai, you think, I, I'm, I'm quite positive that uh, you have some correlation between difficult people, you know, just, you, you can learn a and lot. Disorders. You, you can right. er, learn a lot. Right. right. I agree. Right. I agree. I, I know um, someone I that once went to a therapist, you, I to a psychologist, you that they were wondering if they have borderline or not. So what the therapist does, which is classic, they pull out the diagnosis, the paper, and they start going, do you have this, do you have that, you need five out of nine of the criterias. And they had five out of five, I'm sorry, five out of nine, but one of them wasn't that clear. So they go, look, you have four and a half out of the nine. So you're not diagnosed to borderline or narcissist, whichever diagnosis it was, but you're pretty close to it. Wouldn't it be nice to learn the skills that it would, you would only have one or two or even zero? And therefore, the point was, doesn't matter if you have a diagnosis. These are skills that you need to learn how to be successful in other areas. And the same is if someone is diagnosed, doesn't matter if you're diagnosed or not. What's important is that you learn the skills, how to master those areas. Now, you won't be diagnosable. So the focus is not are you diagnosed, are, are, are you a problem or not. It's learn the skills, heal yourself. Right. Okay. Does that make um, sense? Yes. Excellent. Um, I also saw the things that you mentioned are a lot of things that I heard, like in your stressed inner peace workshop, like the cognitive distortions. Yes, there will and be. The Harry Harlow. Right. The However, be I need to again. clarify. I will be discussing, like, for example, we've once had one workshop. I was a drop at Noid, but, you know, that's as these things happen, I learn, I work on myself, and I allow it to happen. But someone once said, I took your, let's say, the stress to inner peace workshop, and I took a different workshop, and you mentioned the subconscious of the brain, the cognitive part of the brain, the amygdala, the subconscious, you know, the cortex, the front part, or like you're mentioning now, for example, the 10, the cognitive distortions of Beck's that I mentioned there, and I'll even be mentioning the 12 ego defenses of right. Freud, of the subconscious right, right. way that the subconscious that. distorts information. So someone called up saying, you know, I took one of the workshops. I want to get it half off because out of the nine days, one day I know <laughs> some of the information. Okay. And first of all, like Rabbi you're getting prices like $1,000 left. You're getting $3,500 worth of information, and it's under $300 practically, and you're still like trying to handle. But Baruch Hashem, i got to say, I go for therapy, and these things don't trigger me now when that happens. Everyone's allowed to ask, and I'm allowed to say yes or no. But I'd like to to get or to share with you when you're saying let's say like you know some of that information what i have found is that when i take some workshops even if i know the information but the way they explain it to you for personality disorders or for manipulators is i'm going to be going through those 10 cognitive distortions but in the theory of how manipulators do that and then when you're going to hear that you go wow that's exactly what happens to me so understand when it's ourselves we're blind to ourselves so I'm not just going to be clean, going to be discussing the all or nothing. Okay, one of the one of the ten cognitive disorders are all or nothing thinking. It's going to be going. So what the personality disorder is doing is now they're doing an all or nothing thought. If he didn't do and do everything exactly to make them happy, now it's a zero. That's an all or nothing thinking. That's their illness now. That's why they're sick. That's why they have so much pressure. But you're going to be allowed to look at things differently. So it's not like a textbook. This is these are the ten cognitive distor these are the ten cognitive distortions, all or nothing, you know, the heightening something, minimizing something. It's not just information. It's how they utilize that and how you can heal yourself, recognize if you get there. So that little knage makes the world of a difference. And therefore, while some of the components will be repetitious because that's the olive base in psychology. I need people to understand the olive base. If someone has taken this workshop or someone hasn't taken the workshop, we always start at the beginning. I, I got my master's degree in social work. I have an LCSW, a clinical social worker. But yet that I'm starting now college for a psychology, they're starting foundation psychology 101. I'm taking now on how to diagnose 101 in psychology because they're sharing with me 
the way a social worker was taught to diagnose and the way a psychologist was taught to diagnose are very different, even though I know how to diagnose from the DSM-5. And they're right. Me writing a report, what they're focusing on in social work school was more what's the diagnosis, and we're focusing on the development. In psychology, they're teaching me we're focusing more what's the diagnosis and why is it not one or two other diagnoses. And they're focusing on the differences and very much are they meeting the full criteria versus in social work, it was understanding how developed and how we would help them. Very different. And that difference, I find, makes a big difference. So, again, in this information, there will be some information. I don't want to use repetitive some basics in olive phase that's extremely important to understand. But at the same time, it is important for us to grow and for us to recognize that just because something is similar, it is not the same. Great. Okay. I'm looking forward. Yes. Thank you. Okay. I wish you lots of atzlacha and thank you. My pleasure and my honor. And it's a schos. Again, the number to call up to ask your question is 718-683-5858, um, Someone just asked a question. Did I ever hear of Rafua, um Helpline, a referral agency? Yes, I did, and they're wonderful people as well. So they asked, Do I, can you trust them? And again, you trust them as much as you can trust anyone. So yes, they are very good, just as much as you can trust Relief. You try, you hope they'll give Siata Dishmaya. They work their information. Remember, each of these referral agencies work on feedback, what people share, and that's the important part. All right, we are going to who's the caller of Nissen? Mrs. L. Mrs. L, you're on with Mordechai and Arab Nissen. Hello? Yes. Yes, hi. Okay, my question. Um... Now, the typical question, nothing regarding the workshop that's going to be now. Um, the question is that somebody owes me a lot of money, and I would like to know, like, if, if there's a time that the person has to give up on the money or I should still try to, like, uh, how to deal with it if we just, like, run after the person again and again and... So let's, let's start with, before we take your question, because I feel I'll need more information, yeah. let's start with the one-on-one, with the beginner steps. Beginner steps is, I'll, I'll share with you, let, let, just to get an idea. Let's uh, say I, I have I should give money. you my entire question instead of giving you all the history. I didn't tell you anything, what we did. Great, great, great. Let me just, let's just start with the main Yesoid. Yesoid yeah. in business is as follows. If I have $100 and I lend you $100, if I want to get back the $100, I need to chase you, get it out of you, as if it's your money and I'm begging to borrow. No, Just no, no I didn't express myself good. No, I'm sorry. I didn't add the question good. I worked for someone. Yes. Not in business. I mean, I worked, I was someone's secretary. I worked for someone. And my boss owed me the money. I mean, I went out of that job because then he said he doesn't have the money, but a lot of checks just bounced back and... The bottom line is that it's it's a lot of money that it didn't like. You didn't collect. Like he, what? He owes. That's right. Yeah, it's not that that I did him a service and he just has to give me the money. It was I was working for that person. That's right. So now I'm trying to answer your question with a step even stronger. Okay. Imagine I have money. I lend you my money. When it comes time to collect, most of the time. I am going to have to be chasing you and begging you, and it will not come on the right time. That's just okay. a reality. Okay. So now, the halacha and the Gemara tells you that the Gemara begs people to pay back their money right away because they're afraid that if people will not pay back their money, then the, life, then the malva, the people that lend the money, will not want to lend money. Okay. Because the, the Gemara's language is Shleitinal Denlis Lifnei Lavan, that the person should not should not close the door. That's like the exact taich that that the Malva, the person lending money, shouldn't shut the door. He'll say, "Why should I lend money if it's so hard for me to get it back?" So therefore, they want you have to have two aravim. So in case the person can't pay back, they could go to one of the two people that have money, and right away, you know, you got back the money. So let's understand now human nature. Human nature is that even if it's my money and it's by someone else, you're going to have to pull it out 
as if it's your money, as if as if it's their money, and uh-huh. you want to borrow. I just want you to understand psychology. Right. Do you understand that? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, okay. Now comes the so. next step. What happens if someone is a nice guy and wants to pay you back, but he just doesn't have the money? What can they do? So sometimes you make a payment plan. So let's say it's $1,000 and you want at least 500 The person says, you know what, I'll pay you $100 now over 10 months. And you're going, what's $100 now? And many times people even say, you're giving me $100 that doesn't help me. $1,000 I could do something. The $100, when I get it, it's not the value because I'll bring it home and right away we're going to use it. And these are secrets that many times people need to learn that this is what happens. So unfortunately, I can share with you in our center, I've learned that the hard way. It means we used to have people that owed us money. And almost most people paid. But you know the Agmas Nefesh that it took to get out? Do you know how many people didn't pay that it's calls and calls and you're begging? And what we found was when they called us back, they need an emergency session. We said, not until you pay up your balance. They go, no, no, I'll pay this session. I'll do it. No, absolutely not. The minute they needed me again, poof, they paid up the full balance, and here we're changing them for a year. What we further discussed is, and that's now a policy in the office, you don't pay one session. We understand you might have forgotten the money. Something didn't go through. Credit card didn't go through. By the second session, you don't pay. Your sessions are automatically on, and you can lose your slot. It's interesting how people are paying since we're clear with our level. So now we're getting messages from different people as we're taking your um, your questions. So yeah, I, I said, said n- almost nothing from the history, but yeah, okay. That's right. No, I don't want you. So people, right. I got messages. Someone saying goodbye to the money. Another one said you learned a lesson for the future. <laughs> That's right. And this is for other people that it, you've got to. Be aware of the importance of getting paid and when people say, I'll pay you later. But these are, this is if someone wants to pay you back. Now, what happens if Nebuchadnezzar hears someone is a dry cup? Someone doesn't pay back. I've worked recently on someone, because I'm not going to give the information that should come out, but just an interesting story. How this person told me they went into business partnership with someone because this person is known that no one messes with them. No one fights with them. So they figured if I go into partnership with this person, everyone is going to be behaving. But what he didn't realize is that this guy is treating, let's say, my client, the partner, like the person. You can't discuss, you can't negotiate. He uses a lot of terroristic um, patterns. So we've got to realize, and that's many times the research that we want to do before we work or before we go into someone. So now let's go ahead and take your questions. Now your question is a general question. Should you give up on it? Or shouldn't no, you give up? Yeah, okay. Well, that's now um, up to you. What do you want to do? First, you've got to make a cheshman. How much energy does it cost you fighting about I really don't want to give up on the money. It's a lot, a lot, a lot of money. My question, I was thinking what you would say. Like, well, what do you um, think? Actually, I so I, when I work, what? Yeah, it's such a general question. I can't give you even a suggestion <laughs> what I would do. Which, there are some places I have followed up, some places I haven't. Rabnissa, what do you say? Like, when, when is this time to stop running after this person? I mean, I started working by this place. Um, he, he is and he was a very nice person, but when it came to this whole story of the money, he said that he, had, he was a shit of with someone and I have to ask it from that other person. I don't know that other person. I didn't know this before. Excuses. And, okay. Right. Uh, let me, then, first, of, first of all, I, I would ask, uh, ask a question. Do you ask a rabbi? Yeah, this, we already, yeah. Oh, you have been and best in? We did, yeah. But they didn't, whatever. Uh-uh. They weren't able to help out. So now let me ask you something. No, they weren't able to. What? They didn't um, obey what they said. I'm not going to go to a... Okay. No, no, but the question like this is really the process. seems like the guy... The guy it seems like the guy doesn't want to pay. This is the bottom line. So can we change your comment? You've been swindled. You've been lied to. You went to Besden, let's say. You've won, and the person's still not paying. Right? Right. right. So now your question is, how do you emotionally let go and continue life? So now watch this question. Really, I was a girl. Now I'm married, but I was a girl, and it was really like this morning I had to go to my mother, to my parents. That's right. Oh, let let me shift it back to you now. So you're fighting for your parents? Are no, your parents first, fighting for themselves as much as you are? 
Yeah, they they tried a lot, and then we stopped, and then I tried, and then for like maybe wait, two wait, or three years. Wait, wait, you're doing all that for your parents. So do you do that for every place where your parents have a financial? Someone doesn't want to pay them back. No, no, no. I I just good. So I'd like you to take ownership and say you're doing this for yourself. Right. You okay. were robbed. I'm doing it for myself. That's called robbed. Did try to do a treatment plan. You said that thing that like I'm, I'm sorry, a payment plan. Um. Like maybe $100 a week or a month wouldn't sound a lot of money, but still, even $100, I mean, nothing works. That's right. You would take anything. But what happens when you're being robbed? So I should imagine that I was robbed. <laughs> that is, not imagine. You were. Wow. But mm-hmm. No, isn't it? Wait, what is robbery? It's no other words for this. That's it's, right. This it's no other word for this. Now you're dealing with the emotions of being robbed. And what hurts is when people rob you and they have a good name out there. But that's still cool being robbed. Wow. Recognize your feelings. Yes, if someone owes me money and they're not going to pay back, that's cool. Robbing me my time, my expertise, that's robbing me. They might not be a bad person in other places of their lives. When it comes to payments, they're wrong. I can't think that I will never get this money. Like, how, what? Okay, ah, let's start. stop a minute. Let's go. You were robbed. Now you have an issue. How do you deal with when someone took something out of you and you don't have a way of getting it back? Now you can't let go. That's where sometimes therapy comes in. That's where every business owner needs to learn how to let go. So now let me ask Rav Nissen, as a business owner, how many times were you robbed Hello. Where people exactly. <laughs> Let now, me just I just I tell you a, a story, and I, I don't know. If, I don't want to admit more information. About fifteen years ago, I did something to a person, and the person just didn't pay me. You know, a beautiful job. They pay me almost eight thousand dollar. Okay. Yeah. After twelve years, I got a phone call before Rosh Hashanah. Please forgive me. I said, I said, why? I'm not going. Are you going to pay me? Oh, so the person tell me, oh, let's talk after the holiday, and crying and tearing, you know. Pass a year, same story. Or Shoshana, I got the same story. The third year, it was this year. I, I already recognized the voice, and I said, okay, this is the yearly. Phone calls, cleaning conscious. I said, "Listen, oh, she start. Is uh, is she started uh, telling me? Uh, oh, let's let's negotiate the the price." I said, "No way. Are you paying or no? That's it. <laughs> and that's the story. And probably uh, next year I'll get another phone call. I I I didn't give up on the money. One day it will come, and I know that Akadosh Bohu is giving it." But I don't give the feeling to this person that I give up the money. That's my right. approach. Now, there's a level that what Rav Nissen is saying is now talking about feeling safe within yourself. So let me share with you a bit the concepts that we discussed in the Stress to Inner Peace workshop. And that is sometimes we, if we can't feel we're protecting ourselves, or even in this workshop with the family members of personality disorder, we don't have power over others. But when we're clear within ourselves, when we can protect ourselves, that's when we feel strong and secure. What I will tell you is the way you're holding on to the money of the past, I would be asking you, what relationship right now in your life is going on that others can manipulate you and take advantage of you? On a much lower level, but do you see how someone's taking advantage of you and you're not able to say no for whatever reason? I don't understand. I mean... I don't understand. Okay. Let me make it very simple. I, I, this person didn't take advantage places? of me. I, I really worked there and I... Do you, I know you're answering your question. I want you right. to answer now my question. My question is, is there a relationship right now going on in your life where someone is taking more advantage of you than you want? Where you <laughs> want to say stop and you're not able to say stop because either you feel bad and every time you're doing it, you're upset why you did this much, but they're pushing you. Okay, let's that say if I question. do have it on a uh, whatever, or I try not to. Yes. So, 
So my point is, yes, you have it. And the secret is that I discuss with do, all the clients. When you are holding on to the past, we don't hold on to the past. Now, people take losses. Rav Nissen took his loss. It's not eating him up to call us up about this. This is part of business. It's really the not eating me up to think about it. I mean, I'm telling you, for a few years, in I our just... lives now. So Rav Nissen has learned from that experience how to protect himself as much as possible. So he could now let go. What you are sharing is that you haven't yet gotten a way how to protect yourself. Okay. I mean, when I'm going to put it on the phone, I'm going to know that I, I have to give up on Not give up, but I don't have to get That's this right. money. I can go on with Learn. Without, learn right? to make sholem with a matzav. Someone right. sent us a message. Halacha, you have to pay your workers on time. I know, but there are people that don't go by the halacha. I mean... Exactly, unfortunately. That's right. Okay. So now, so let's go ahead and take it back to you. In Hello. life, we all take losses. Anyone in a business takes loss. Any employee takes worse. It's a loss. It's a risk. These things happen all the time. Okay, okay, I hear. But, so I really ask, yeah. mm-hmm. but let me ask you, how long is this? Let me ask you, when you take now a new job, how do you protect yourself from this? It was really impossible to know this because when I, yeah, if I take a new job, I'm working, I mean, I know this boss and he's very, people can be very nice and that boss was also very nice, but he didn't tell me that the money part is his, somebody of Good, his family. Let me ask the question yeah. again. If you get a job today, what would okay. you do? Well, make sure that this person is not going to do this again. Let me ask you, how many I, weeks did you not get paid? A lot. More than three weeks? Sure, I'm telling you, it's it's, it's a lot no, of no, no, no. I'm asking on purpose. More than ten weeks. <laughs> yeah, why well, I still worked there when I didn't get the money? That's your question. <laughs> yeah, how long did you work not getting paid? More than fifteen weeks. No, I actually got paid, and the money just came back. So, uh, okay, let, I don't remember. Okay, it's, no, it's, it's well, well, over let's five try years ago. So, how many weeks did you work that the money that the checks bounced? Was it for ten weeks of of checks bouncing week after week? It was a long time, and in between there were a, a few weeks that it time. did go through. Good, but in a total, so understand. Total, Let's say I don't, know I, you, five weeks, one week goes through, and then there's five more weeks. How long? Yeah, let's say, how, let's say five weeks. Good, okay. so how many weeks did you not get paid? I'm trying to build up to something. Total that I didn't get paid? Yes. In a row? Or, or what? All together. All together, a year about. Wow. Right. So now, Revnison, how many healthy people do you know will work for five weeks, get only one week goes through, and then work another five weeks and get an entire year's salary? He, he continued to promise. He, pro- he promised me, "I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you." So now, and he gave me a new check. And it that you're kind of, can we shift it to you now? Right. That you okay. feel like a fool, that right. you were robbed. Right. And you are naive to listen because any other person, after like three weeks of not getting paid, saying, listen, either you pay me in full or I'm going somewhere else. So can we oh. acknowledge your feelings, that you feel like a fool, so right. manipulated, someone take took advantage so of a young of single girl, you're probably 17, 18, 19. Right. So can you feel how painful it is you are taking advantage on the worst level? There's a saying okay. in English, it's like taking candy from a baby. It's like it was a Ponzi scheme. A guy set you up. You had no idea. I can share with you. I took. We went with my family members this this summer. We went to Niagara Falls, and it was a beautiful, beautiful trip. And on the way, we're driving there. We're just discussing that you know, if you get a ticket speeding, it's so not worth it because we weren't speeding. You know, just about nine above the speed limit that you don't get stopped. It doesn't pay to speed because it could ruin the trip. So it's around 11 o'clock at night in these little Hicksville places, and we're going 45 miles per hour. All of a sudden, a cop pulls us over. And I'm going, what's for? He says, oh, at this little half a mile, the speed limit's 25 miles per hour. There's nothing around. There's no nothing. And it was a speed trap. And we got upset because if we're speeding is one thing. This is a speed trap. And while they're pulling us over, we notice the guy's lights are closed, like not the, not the police lights. Those things are closed. He pulls over four other guys. He tells us, wait here, cats in the car, turns on the lights, pulls them over, and tells them, wait there until he's finishing giving everyone what they can. If you speed 
and you know you're speeding where you get caught, that's one thing. But if you're following and there's a speed trap, that ate us up. And then we had to make a, just a choice. Are we going to be upset starting our trip because we got caught in a speed trap? Or are we just going to recognize that there are things called speed traps? And when you do these trips or in these Hickville places, be aware that this is where they make their money. They've got to cover their judge, the police station. There aren't enough people there to make money of taxes, and this is their income, especially if they're around those places. But it hurts. So can okay. you recognize what's bothering you is, A, a person took advantage of you, and B, if I would ask you now, you're going to get a job, and the boss doesn't pay you for four weeks in a row, and it gives you a check, and then it doesn't work out, it cancels, and tells you, no, no, but I promise you I'll pay you. I would, would leave, for sure, yeah. That's right. So right. could you recognize that the pain that you went through, everyone went through that? I can share with you when I learned the lesson about not being able to afford. I shared the story many times. It was in my first two years of working, and it was a very hush of a family. I'm not going to go into what made it hush of, because I don't want Hashem to talk about stuff. But to make a long story short, this couple had the worst Shalom bias ever. They were going to get divorced. And at that time when I started, I was $50 for about an hour and a half. So just imagine I shoot this number. They owed me $10,000. And the family is wealthy. They could come up with everything. I don't want to go into that. Mm-hmm. To make a long story short, I was promised. And everyone's told me it's a schuss. And every time I wanted to stop, continue doing it. And at the end, they say, okay, we're not continuing right now. They go, okay, but what about paying? We can't afford it right now. And also, I'm starting to get people sending me because I'm saying, I want the money. Make the cheshman $50 for an hour and a half, $10,000 worth. How many hours that was? Uh, and then I find out that about a year later, they still didn't have any kids. And it was amazing of Bono Elam. Bono Elam, to do one of the procedures, was $100,000. Bono Elam came up with $50,000, and their family came up with the other fifty. And Baruch Hashem, they had a kid. But I was thinking to myself, wow, $50,000 for a treatment that might work, that might not work, the family had money for but to pay me for my $10,000 that kept the marriage together when they're already separated, no one had money for. Welcome to the club. That's right. And we learn from that. So can you recognize... Well, you never got it, right? Nope, never got it. Actually, I did get I, The money that I'm talking about is, is a drop more huh? than your amount. I mean, whatever. Well, <laughs> we're more. talking about a couple of years ago, and we're talking about in comparison... Right. Sure, I'm just trying to tell you, it's also a lot of money, yeah. Sure. A year could be thirty-five, forty thousand dollars 40000 No, not so much. Don't worry. Okay, but, well, whatever it is, what it's I'm a lot. saying yeah, to you is we all learn the hard way. Some learn on $5,000, some learn on $50, some learn on a lot more. Some people that start, let's say, bigger deals, they figure that out. Sometimes people that will go into partnership and they don't realize the importance of having a, a HESCM, everything written up in advance. Mm-hmm. So can you understand that the feeling of being violated, being robbed, being manipulated, being fooled hurts? Well, and this is also sometimes where we get even upset sometimes at our parents. Like, why didn't they protect us? Or friends, why didn't people tell us? So if you would ever tell me, if you would tell me now you're working in a place for four or five weeks and they're not paying you, I would be telling you, give them another two weeks' notice and if not, get out. If you're not getting paid in five weeks, Leave. You might yep. lose the five weeks or the seven weeks, but you're not going to lose 14 weeks. You've got to cut your losses somewhere. Yeah, I can't understand why I didn't leave sooner. I don't know. I understand why, because you were young, and we all learned. So I have my $10,000 lesson. That was the best $10,000 that I lost. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, clients, if they don't pay, I feel very bad, but we need to stop therapy. Wow. So it's saving you money, actually, in the other way around. It did. It did. Okay. And then about five years ago, again, when I allowed people to owe a little bit, instead of just two sessions, it used to be sometimes five or six sessions. Then five, six sessions ended up being ten sessions. And then sometimes I was stuck for cash. It's something called a cash flow. When you have a business, when you have, I wanted to do different stuff, and I couldn't do it. That's when I hired a higher manager. So the manager cost me money. But his job is to be on top of it. And now by the one or two sessions, it's pretty covered. And even that breaks through once or twice for whatever reasons. And that's just part of a business. Mm-hmm. 
Every business has a running loss. That's the reality. The question is how much. The question is how you try to, to cap the loss. The question is how you try to prevent it. So what do I do now to the feelings that I feel that, okay, I'm never going to get it? Well, it's more let's change those feelings to what did you learn from that and how can you make money in another way? Like how will you be protected? So in this new job, you'll make sure when you speak to them, who pays me? How do I make sure I get paid? If I don't get paid, how, you know, things like that. You actually discuss money. I would add uh, another... Please, Rav Nissen, go I ahead. I would say that the side of the Emunah, we know that everybody is getting from Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah. And what is Thank coming you. to you is coming to you. And I, I don't see it, you know, the loss is loss. And I feel sorry to be this, this person that... Uh, doesn't want to pay or don't want to pay you know, just because really in the end we all all have to pay the price and this is something that we are Jewish you know and I'm assuming also that the person that you work you knew him very well and also is a from you know from your language from understanding your conversation so I really feel okay. sorry about it I really, I'm sorry about him because people don't understand what they're doing to themselves the akpada, the thing that can be ruining the life, and you know we we learned ba'avur nedarim banim yeladim matim. You know, do do chas v'chalil. I know, but I'm saying that people don't understand what they do to themselves just for the money, and I, I that's my my approach to this. You know, okay, I lost. I don't. I don't. In you know what? I don't give up. I don't let them to know that I'm give up on the money. One day it will come. And beside this, if it's one door closed here, ten are uh, other open, and this is the, my 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 philosophy in life. That's right. But can you also okay, recognize? Um, I want to add on to what Mr. said about emunah betachin, because that is something that I focus on. That's very important. But at the same time, for you to recognize, we all learn. So right. let's say someone would have had business parents. The business parents would have told them. Hey, don't do it. They're taking advantage of you. Five weeks, six weeks, one paid, or then you walk into the office and say, look, I am leaving tomorrow until all the, ca- all the checks go through, and I'm willing to work here. If I don't, you know, I'll give you a week to come up with the money. And sometimes we can be upset on ourselves for not having it, but can you realize that everyone has to start somewhere? So let's say it was a $30,000 lesson, but how many years, Merit Hashem, are you working or your husband's going to work? Or your children are going to be working, and you've learned this lesson. This is a lesson everyone in business learns. Someone is going to happen, and this is part of a life lesson. So you're sharing now your life lesson with all these young people or, or adults, even listening to us, and learning to take, learning to understand that we learn. You can't be upset at yourself for, for not knowing this. No one taught you. You didn't have someone to speak to about this. Right. And okay, think of I'm, how many people I'm, calmer. I'm getting calmer already. Regarding the whole yeah, situation. understand, this is business. Okay. Not that this is the right business, but this happens in business. And again, as Rav Nissen said, this guy might even be a very nice person. He just has a weakness with paying. Who knows what his past trauma and history is about money? I don't even want to go into it. Who knows if he was taken advantage of? It's very sad, but people that were taken advantage of, when they're in that position, sometimes they get stuck. And he was doing the same thing that somebody did like, to him. What? He he would do the same thing that somebody did to him. I mean. Yes, that's unfortunately how it works. What well, instead of saying the other way around that people yes. say I shouldn't do it, they have a hard time. So I don't want to talk about. Do you know there are certain injury, the industries, certain businesses which pay you after six months? That's lekatchila. Everyone knows that. Even we don't pay. For six right. months. Okay, I and didn't they might even, yeah. I just want you to realize that. And, and the whole industry is based on trust. Do you know the diamond industry is, I mean, now it's not so busy with the from people, but the diamond industry worked like that. You could give a person a diamond, five diamonds, could be worth two, three, four, five million dollars. They'll look and then get back to you. The whole industry was done with trust. And right. Nebuch, every year or two or every couple of years, you heard Nebuch, where a whole story where someone ran off, borrowed from several people several diamonds. And remember, diamonds are small, and all of a sudden they ran off. In other words, this happens. 
and you learn how to protect sure, yourself understand. more and more that it shouldn't happen. Right. Okay, you explained it very clearly. So what are you hearing? What was your original question? What are you hearing now? <laughs> totally changed, so... <laughs> So you're in, you're, in, you're in the same boat as every person that has been in business. You're right. taken advantage of. Some by some happened right away, some happened later. Some people could have said, well, I worked for him for two years, and he always paid. Then came the hardship. Everything makes sense. But somewhere you're taken advantage of, and somewhere once this story happens to you, you learn how to just say, this is the amount I'm willing to lose. Anything more, I'm not. There'll always be a certain level of loss in business. Okay. No, I really Someone didn't sent know a message. What about you bring it up with your mother again and tell them maybe they should do something? They did already a lot. I'll tell you one thing that I've recently seen. It's an interesting Gemara, and it's almost a, sad, a scary Gemara, which really says that there's the concept that I'm trying to do that people shouldn't like take it in a negative way. But the Gemara says if you do three things, then many times, men shamayim, then they, they judge us. That's like how to bring din upon ourselves. So it's the Gemara sort of warning us how not to do it. One of them is, for example, standing next to a broken wall where Hashem might fall on you. So men shamayim, they're judging. Should the person be saved or not? So then they start looking, oh, what are your mitzvahs? Oh, what are your averis? I forgot the second one. And the third one is that if someone hurts you, do not say, Rabbi Nishleil, and punish this person. Because when you say Hashem punish this person, Hashem, Hashem starts looking at us and saying, are you deserving? Are you so righteous? Are you so erloch that you're so perfect also? So what I understood was, not that when you see this Gemara, it doesn't mean you shouldn't daven Hashem, I should get back the money, or Hashem send it in other ways. It's just Hashem, when someone says Hashem, punish this person, that's when, I, that's when the Min Hashemayim, they start looking at you. So I wonder if now no, you not realize at that, that you're angle, in business. For sure not. No, no, no. That what? Not at that angle, for sure not. <laughs> that's right. That's the concept. So the concept sure of Yiddishkeit is you can ask Hashem, as Rabbi Nissen said, please, I, I had to learn the lesson, I learned the lesson. But you're the Hakal Yochel. Send it to me then from another place. But I am still not Moichel, the money from him. Means if he calls me up or he wants to pay, he has to, you know, I will still take it. This is part of what the emotional component, there's something called business psychology. And it's a PhD, it's a psychology in business. And this is a lot of what they focus on how to take your losses, when to move on, when to understand someone's really going to pay you or not. There's a lot of the, in marketing, is business psychology, how to keep employees happy. How to build motivation is called is the business psychology. I want to add something. Uh, first of all, I got a phone call about uh, telling stories about the person that come from the next world and begging yeah. for you know re- forgiveness uh, on the shares that he owes to somebody else. This is we know many many stories about it. But I I, I tell you that I I myself maybe it's. I'm naive maybe, but I said, the money that people owe me, even though they give me back, I'm not going to use it for myself. I don't see any, any blessing with this money. I, said, I will give it tzedakah. I wouldn't, you know, unless really, really I need it, but I just, I would say that this is money is going to tzedakah. And I have a lot of tzedakah that's staying by other people. But this is this is the question that emunah and belief that everything I call it over, and what is supposed to come and go, and it's a big lesson for you and for the, our listeners also. Yeah. Right. So I can imagine that this money I gave to Dukkha for this person, right? Like. No, not yeah. to the person that owe you. No, because then if you're Michael... No, 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 not the person that owe you, sorry. Uh-huh, if, no, if... but I'm much more clear now because I really didn't know if I should call again. I'm not starting again with it. This is it, that's it. Yeah, and you might even feel good if you could actually call up once a month or once a year and say, I want, you know, I am not Michael the money. You can do that, and you could be at ease with that. You could have your husband do that. You could have your parents call. Sometimes you don't want to. For example, I would not want to do that. 
If I need to call someone once a year or go through the list, it would bother me. However, I do believe in, let's say, having a bookkeeper call so you know you owe or have someone else call for you. Yeah, but who should I call? There are two people involved, my boss and then he and the and both. Well, you said you went to Bessie, you call both. You say I doesn't matter, but the guy that hired you I need to call the I other am, person. Doesn't matter. You go, no, no. So watch the conversation how it's going to go. So imagine you're that first boss. I'm okay. calling you up saying, "Hello, it's before Rosh Hashanah. I want you to know I am not Michael the money I still expect to be paid back." What would his response be? Please call my brother-in-law. With pleasure, but I will call him too. I am just informing you, as my boss, as the guy that hired me, I am not Michael the money, and you owe it to me. And you're going into Yaimadin knowing that you owe me the money. Now, I'll call your brother-in-law right after. Goodbye. That's it. And I'm not going to say those words. Even if they don't answer, you leave the message. Hi, this is Mrs. So-and-so. I worked for you for a year. You owe me the money. It's now before Rosh Hashanah. I am not Michael the money. Period. And that's it. Uh, it's a little bit too... Why? I don't know if I can do that. Why? Why not? It's your money. Let's assume it's $20,000. It's not, you yeah, worked an entire year for that. Okay? Yeah. What? What's wrong? You're not cursing them. You're not telling them, I wish you a bad year, Chas Vashom. None of that. But he's going to then, like... Yeah. Be mispowered yeah, something bad to me. <laughs> Well, oh, no, no, no. That's again where psychology comes in. Here's again where therapy comes in, where people are afraid to set their limits because of the fear that the person will be angry at me. Listen to this. You're the victim. No, it sounds like I a personality disorder, this type of like saying, I'm not Moichel, you the money. This is called healthy. Now, I want you to understand, this is why you're taking advantage of for a year. Bingo. Now you're hitting it. I knew if I would tell it to you, you're going to say, no, no, it's not true. Do you see how you're afraid to be assertive? You're afraid to defend yourself? But you are not doing this to that person. That's all you know. Oh, yes, I did. Yes, I did. I told the person. Yes, the person wanted to come back to me several times. Go, sorry, till you don't pay your 10000 you're not back. Oh, and just mm-hmm. to put it this way, though, this guy's parents are very chashiv. I've got a lot of people calling me up saying, do you know the brachas that you could get from this person's for this person? Be mindful of the money, you're going to get a bracha. I told, I, and all these people, when I get the message, I tell them very simple. How about you pay me the $10,000 and I forgive you the bracha? Go yes. ahead. Yes. I'm very clear. I have not seen that client, no matter how hush of the parents are. It's very simple. Pay me the money. Okay, what, you think someone shall advise with whatever it was, like, you're done? They, they came back. They needed it. They're suffering, but the family will not pay the 10000 and I will not see them or in my center. Yes, they, it must have been three years ago. This happened probably 12, 13 years ago. Yes, they came back begging, and boy, the money is not forgiven. Pay your balance. Well, it's normal to call and tell them, I just want to remind you, this before Shuna and... Yeah, it's normal to say that. Yes, you could even pick it up right now. You could hang up until I want you to know I am not Michael the money and I'm still upset. You owe me this and this amount. They go call my partner with pleasure. He's getting the next call. I worked for a year and I am not Michael it. Period. And he's not picking once he figured my like okay, he's not gonna answer the yeah. phone, but whatever. I you still call. Cool. it sits on his head and you leave a voice message. This is Mrs. So-and-so, and I am not Michael the money. Period. Sounds very scary, but maybe I can try. Well, I why scary? I don't know why scary. This, I don't understand why scary. The, what's scary is about why you're able to be taken advantage of for a year. Because it's scary to defend yourself. It's maybe scary this is actually to... from Hashem, that I really don't need to get this money. So do you know. see how you're no, afraid no, to defend no, no, yourself? No, no, no. Well, that's why you didn't... Wait, why did you stop after a year? Why didn't you continue for more years? Maybe it's Bashert from Hashem. Because oh, he why told us that he after? sees that he doesn't have the money. I should go to a different job. And oh, so if he wouldn't have told you that, how long would you still work there? <laughs> I don't know. At I, least I another year or two? I don't know. So can I'm you recognize that, that the stress that's going on is that you don't have yet the skills how to defend yourself so someone else can take advantage of you? Okay, I'm going to get the strength to make the phone call, and maybe I'm going to... Yeah, and the more and the easier you can defend yourself, then the more safe you feel. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you're giving me a tool what to do. Okay. But I would like to focus on the underlying issue. The underlying issue is 
the real underlying deeper issue is that you're not, you don't have the skills how to defend yourself. You still feel bad telling a person they owe you money or telling them I didn't forget about it or saying if you don't pay me at a certain stop, I will stop, even if they beg. Everyone has to take their losses somewhere. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. If I I'm going to get money, I'm going to let you know. Ah, either way, if you do or you don't, it doesn't matter. It's how will you feel after that? After the phone call, yeah, I'll feel better. You can donate to J-Root Radio part of the money. Yes, by the way, yes. 100%. J-Root is <laughs> J-RootRadio.com is now a huge, huge, dire straight in Chavis. Please. Okay. And whoever hears this, you can donate online on JRootRadio.com. I have, I have recently done a very nice big donation over yes. there. And for those that would like to, please do it. Okay. So thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Yeah, you gave a lot sure. of time for me. Yeah. You're welcome. No, I appreciate it. This is something so common, so common. It's common, but I don't hear this question on your line too often. Like, nope, that's why I appreciate you doing right. it. I, I really appreciate the, the awareness. Okay, fine. Thank you for both of you. Good night. Thanks. Good night. Yep. Okay. Thank you, Reb Mordechai. Yes. And this is really was an interesting show. Yeah, this was yeah. a great one. I really yeah. thank the last caller. I think yeah. it was fantastic. Unfortunately, it's happened a lot. Okay. Yep. So we'll say good Everyone, night. have a wonderful evening. Have a hot And uh, Mordechai, you want to repeat the... Uh, oh, yeah, the number, that's right. We're doing the, the workshop, the... I forgot what I was going to say, stress dinner piece and everything. We're having the family members of personality disorder workshop, signing this Thursday. you got three days left to sign up. And really, the amount of people that I want to sign up is almost full. So for those that are interested, go ahead and do so. And the number is 201-691-7626. 201-691-7626. And for those listening, if you need to learn assertiveness or there's a relationship with someone that is taking advantage or pushing you, this workshop will be able to help you recognize why, where, how to set up the boundaries. And even for, let's say, this woman with getting paid, this will teach you how a person is manipulating you, taking advantage, and take your losses at a certain point. I'd rather leave after six months and not get paid, but still, at least, I can go somewhere else and get paid for six months. And that's a large part of what family members of personality disorders need to learn to do, is somewhere set the limit. Thank you very much, and good night. Thank you all. Good night.